First pitch to Dyson. That's grounded softly. Snagged by Gregerson to his left. Tosses the first in time, and that is the ball game. Now, another Astros podcast. The Houston Astros, even the series, at a game apiece as they defeat the Seattle Mariners by a final of 6-2. to two. Uh, Gregerson got the biggest out in the ball game. That was a strikeout of Nelson Cruz with a couple of men on when the Mariners were threatening in the eighth inning. So a well-deserved save for Luke Gregerson, his first of the year. And time now to be joined by our Lexus player of the game. That is Luke Gregerson, got his first save of the year tonight, getting the, the final four outs, retiring all four batters he faced. And you, know, you might look at the final score of this game, Luke, if you weren't paying attention and think, oh, well, the Astros had this one all the way. But, I mean, you came on in a pretty big spot with the tying run on deck and a, and a dangerous hitter at the plate in Nelson Cruz. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're all out of here to do our part, you know, and the, uh, the hitters keep uh, keep putting up runs. We just got to keep putting them down off the mound. What is it about the consistency of this team, Luke? They haven't lost a game. You guys haven't lost a game back-to-back uh, -back since the middle of June. June 11th, 12th, and 13th, you guys lost three in a row. Since then, it's been over a month you guys have not lost two in a row. What is it about this team? Uh, you know, the, the drive and desire to win, win yeah. a ball game, I guess. You know, these guys keep going out there every day, and, it doesn't seem like they let off the throttle ever. You know, we come out and uh, score 10 runs one day. We'll come out and we'll score 10 more the next day. And these guys just want to—they just want to keep scoring, keep playing hard until until the game's over. So you know, we all appreciate that and we love it about this team. You know, this team, just like any team, Luke, they've dealt with their share of injuries. And you think about the bullpen. Will Harris currently out with the with the shoulder issue, but. I mean, you guys have a pretty full stable of, of guys who can contribute, including yourself, so it makes it a little easier. I mean, you never want to lose somebody like Will, obviously, but it makes it a little easier to weather that. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the benefits we have, too, is we have such a deep bullpen. We got, uh, you know, five or six guys down there that can throw the seventh, eighth, ninth inning at any time, uh, any given time, uh, any given day. So I think, uh, you know, losing him for a short period, you know, it, it, it hurts us a little bit just because he's such a vital piece of our pen. But... We got a lot of guys that can pick them up and uh, and battle through and, and get the, get this, get these outs late in, late in games. Last thing, Luke, it looks like you guys will get uh, some reinforcements because of the starters that are coming back. It's going to force somebody out of the rotation in the long roll for you guys. So you guys will get some rest and not trying to cover so many innings. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Luke, congratulations on getting the save and on the team win. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. Now, Steve Peacock trying to go seven innings for the first time in nearly four years. Wow. Got to go back to September 5th, 2013, and he got the win throwing seven innings in Oakland. Three balls and two strikes and two outs, and the crowd loves what they see. Here's the pitch. Got him looking. Brad Peacock. His ninth strikeout of the ball game punches out Gerard Dyson to make it a 1-2-3 inning. What a game for Brad Peacock. Welcome back, Robert Ford, joined by Astros manager A.J. Hinch. Can't really talk about yesterday's win against the Seattle Mariners without talking about Brad Peacock's performance. Going seven innings for the first time in nearly four years and and really just controlling the game from from the very first pitch wasn't really tested a whole lot no he wasn't and it, and it started you know with his fastball command and then he was able to expand the zone with a breaking ball and 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 looked like in complete control of the game um, you know and really didn't get threatened like you said and it's nice for him to be able to uh, to get through seven innings we didn't have our, our complement of full bullpen 
So going into the game, we wanted to push him, and he responded uh, very, very well. You know, we've talked a lot about Mike Fires and the job he's done, particularly when injuries started decimating the rotation. But Peacock as well, I mean, entered into the rotation in, in late May. And, I mean, he's just continued to do what we saw him do in the bullpen first, which led to him getting this opportunity. Yeah, you know, it's funny how players will will make adjustments and, and make impact. And you, when we put him in the rotation, Probably everybody to a man thought it was going to be short term and he was just sort of spot filling in when, when we needed it. And he's made us think about what the best situation is for him long term. And, and I think that he's so valuable in both roles, whether it's starting like he has in his last five or six starts or, um, or being a weapon out of the bullpen. But um, his slider has been a difference maker. His fastball command has been, has been exceptional this year and, and his results have been fantastic. Evan Gaddis got the start behind the plate and a good day for the battery because Gaddis hit a couple of home runs in addition to catching a winner. And I mean, it's it's amazing how productive Gaddis has been, even though his playing time has been inconsistent in body at times. It has. And, it, and it's it's been tough for him because he, he has this this ability to impact games any given night. And when you roll him out there, there are some at bats that um, where he can go outside the strike zone. But but a lot of times he'll he his his danger threat of hitting the homer is there every single time he goes up to bat so uh, we have to remind ourselves this guy's hit 30 homers before he's he's been an impactful dh you know as we've caught him a little bit more beltron's uh, you know situation here um his his playing time's been cut into but he hasn't uh he hasn't complained he hasn't pouted he's just continued to be evan gaddis and and, and getting more playing time is probably necessary you know, Carlos Correa had been entrenched in that fourth spot in the order before he, he went on the disabled list yesterday. And obviously the top three spots with, with Springer, Altuve, and Reddick have been pretty consistent all year. But how do you see that fourth spot playing out, at least for the time Correa's out? No, it's tough. And, and you know, I still liked Springer and Altuve and Reddick at the top. And, and you know, it would be nice for somebody like Gaddis or Beltron or, um, or Yuli or McCann or somebody to, to have some presence there. You know, we probably aren't going to have the same four-hole hitter like we usually do with yeah. Correa. Uh, I'll move guys around a little bit. I don't want to disrupt what Springer and Altuve are doing at the top of the order. Uh, today we've got Gurriel in the three-hole, and, and Gaddis is in there as a DH against the lefty. So uh, I'll mix and match like I normally do, but um, that consistent top four or five that we've enjoyed for the first half of the season um, is definitely impacted by the Correa injury. A ceremony a couple of days ago to bury Carlos Beltran's glove uh, with the players and Brian McCann officiating, but uh, he's in the outfield today, so uh, I guess the, the glove's been resurrected, huh? Yeah, it's Resurrection Wednesday, so it's uh, <laughs> it, 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 what a fun team to be able to poke fun at Beltran, and, and uh, he'll either need to dig that glove up or he'll have to find a replacement for the first few innings of the game because he's... Uh, he's going to see a little bit more time out there, and, and, and really it's Evan Gaddis pushing him to the outfield. So yeah. um, fun banter on this team. It's what happens when you have winning teams, and, and, and uh, we'll find a glove for him. A.J. Hinch, thanks for joining us. Got it. Onto the train tracks, but just foul. Adam Hemery with the call, third base umpire. Man, just missed the second home run of the game. Thought it was going to doink off that Chick-fil-A foul pole. All right, so three and two the count. Avilio set, leg kick, and the pitch. Breaking ball, and that's hit well and deep to left field. It sends back Heredia, and that ball is gone. Over to Landry's Crawford boxes for Gaddis. His second home run of the game, and the Astros' lead is 5-1. to one. That's double digits for Gaddis now. Ten jacks on the season. 201 at-bats, already 10 home runs, and 41 RBIs. What a productive season for Evan. How about just missing a home run on the previous pitch? 
and still going yard on the very next one. Welcome back to Ashland Lunch, everybody. This is Steve Sparks ahead of the last game of this homestand, this last game with the Seattle Mariners, and I've got all-star pitcher Lance McCullers Jr. with me today. And Lance, uh, all-star before your name, that's got to be a dream come true. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of surreal. It's kind of weird. I don't like really feel any different. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it was an awesome experience. I mean, you know, even though I didn't get a pitch, um, you know, I think it was it's better that I, I got the rest. And um, you know, although the last outing the other day wasn't exactly what I wanted, I felt I felt good. And I think moving forward, um, it's going to benefit me being able to have that extra rest. It's got to be a whirlwind those two days. You get to Miami, and obviously, it's a it's a place that's kind of special to you. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, how quickly did it go for you? Well, I'm, fr- I'm from Tampa, Florida originally, uh, so. All my aunts, uncles, grandparents, friends, family, uh, extended family um, that live in Tampa, Tallahassee, or um, Homestead, which is near Miami, yeah. we're all there. So it's very hectic because not only do they have you being committed for um, endless things that you have to do or press or you know certain parties that they want you to go to. Trying um, to I'm right? trying to entertain my family, right? <laughs> so I'm going to bed late. I'm waking up early. I'm, I'm trying to see everyone every second that I can. Um, it was very stressful. I think, I think it was more stressful on my wife than, than anyone because yeah. she, she plays host for everybody because I get to kind of go away to the field and just yeah. not worry about it. Um, but definitely something that I wouldn't change because having my family and friends there as hectic as it was made it even more special. When you go to something like that and you start to realize that you've got to do all these uh, interviews and you've got to do all the autograph signing and everything, was that overwhelming at all or did they make it pretty easy for you? Well, for me, it was pretty easy. I don't know how, like, Aaron Judge survives. Right. Um, that guy, they want to talk to him every second. They want to autograph every second. So, for me, it, it was good. I talked to a lot of Houston media, some Tampa. Um, but I got to experience the, the, the whole week, the whole couple of days, I should say, I think probably the most that, that I could um, because a lot of other guys were being pulled in probably a million directions. Right. Okay, when you get on the line and they introduce you, and it's a it's a moment probably every kid uh, likes to watch and, and kind of envisions themselves as far as dreaming about maybe being able to do that at some point. Did you get goosebumps when they introduce your name? Yeah, well, I, I actually, I got more, I kind of realized where I was more the, the first day when I got on the bus. Okay. And I was on the bus and I started walking and it's like, player after player that you you know they're studs and and a lot of guys I grew up watching a lot of guys that um I I respect a lot and and really enjoy watch playing now so everybody's in the same spot at the same time everyone's like in the same bus and I I got there I wasn't late you know but I was maybe two minutes before the bus left so everyone was kind of already filled up so I was trying to find like a seat where I could where I could slide in it's like Forrest Gump yeah I I didn't really know where to sit (laughs) and then um I kept going and and I and I found uh, I found Devo sit by himself so I slid I slid right in (laughs) with him real quick okay going forward uh the rest of this season health-wise everything feeling good uh maybe a blessing in disguise that you missed a little time yeah I mean you know when when I went down with the back um it was something that we kind of talked about internally and we're like, hey, you know, if I have to miss some time because of a non-related arm issue, mm-hmm. it's, it may be a blessing in disguise. And, and, and it was. Um, I was throwing the ball so well that I didn't want to go on the DL. And I've, I've kind of struggled trying to find um, my groove once, once, I, once I've, got, I've come back. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, this team is, is so well positioned and we're so deep and so many guys are stepping up that I think now it's more um, trying to uh, – trying to get ready for I don't look too far ahead but you're trying to prepare yourself for for a postseason run 
not that you're uh, involved in the trade discussions. Last question, Lance. But do you find yourself watching to see if this team's going to make a move? Is that interesting to you? You know, it, 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 it's it is interesting. It's intriguing. Um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think we we need to make a move. Right. I think that if we have our guys here that are healthy, um, that are currently on the roster, if you were to tell us today, you know that all the guys we have are going to be 100% ready to go mm-hmm. and having Carlos back, et cetera, I think we're going to be A-OK. I think we can make a deep run on one of those series with the team we have. But the unknown is like last year where you had our guys healthy, you had our guys back, and then we got some of us got hurt and we, we couldn't make up for it. So um, if anything, I think, we, I think maybe we learned a little bit from last year and um, getting an extra piece or two um, is never a bad thing. I think it's just going to – be tough trying to find out who you want that piece or two to be to fit in in this locker room. Maybe that piece or two is Keiko and, and McHugh, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have you have yeah. Kyle coming back, you have McHugh back, you have you have Charlie throwing the ball great. Peacock's obviously throwing the ball awesome. Fires, of course, yep. he's he's been the guy that we've relied on a lot over mm-hmm. this last month or so. So you have so many guys throwing the ball well. Um, I'm feeling really good. I feel like I'm gonna get back to to form pretty soon. So. It's one of those things where you kind of have to weigh your options and say, if these guys are healthy, do we even have room? Right. There you go. That's Lance McCullers. Thanks for catching up. Best of luck the rest of the way. Cool. Thank you. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network.